Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts. And it's time for you as Americans to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Black and White. And my guest today is somebody that uh, I didn't get the first time, but I did get him again on a second shot. His name is Tony Lyons. He is the president and publisher at Skyhorse. He's also an attorney. And he's the publisher for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And we're going to talk to him about uh, books and about the candidate and what's going on. So, Tony, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Why did you find, why did you found Skyhorse? I founded Skyhorse just because I love working with books and I love meeting all the different authors, personalities, and learning all the different points of view that, that people have. And so a fundamental part of why I want to be a publisher is to protect freedom of speech in America. Uh, that's exactly the reason this show and ultimately we're turned into a network were founded because we felt uh, two and a half years ago that America's right to free speech was being destroyed and people were being intimidated about not expressing their opinions because of the attacks that they would come under. And um, uh, I applaud you for being uh, not a lone wolf, but uh, on the minority side of people who want to try and re restore and protect freedom of speech. You, I asked you that before the show, I think you said you met Robert Kennedy when? In 2013, I had heard him uh, give various speeches, and then we decided to work on this book together called Thimerosal, Let the Science Speak. And you know, at the time and before then, and then currently in certain vaccines, there's something called thimerosal, which is a form of mercury. And that's being pumped into little children for, you know, a couple of decades now. And it, it clearly causes really bad side effects and, and causes all of the different symptoms that then go into an autism diagnosis. So, you know, while that's meant to be a very controversial sub subject, I believe that we have to face those kinds of claims. So when you look at Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book on thimerosal, you have to think about the fact that it references 500 peer-reviewed studies. So when that book was attacked in almost all the major newspapers and when he get on TV shows to describe and, and discuss his point of view, it was really not about science. And the thing that people have to recognize now is that this cancel culture, this deplatforming, when it comes to science, has nothing to do with science. So when they say people are anti-science, 
science is complicated and messy and people have to give a better argument. That's what science really is. It's about somebody doing their research, giving their best point of view, and then somebody else coming up with a counter argument. And mm -hmm. that has been done. And that's the state of this country now in so many different areas where a person can be destroyed, they can be deplatformed, they can have their books ignored by the public, not carried in bookstores, you can't advertise for them, you, you can't talk about them on TV shows, when nobody has explained to the public why the arguments in that book might be wrong. Recently, you published a very controversial book, at least in some circles, concerning Anthony Fauci. Again, why, why did he and you decide to publish this book? So I thought that this was the most important book in the world at the time that it came out, which was in the fall of 2021. And it was a book that claimed that there was corruption at the highest levels of the US government, and that it was basically collusion between Dr. Anthony Fauci, the agencies that were meant to be regulating big pharmaceutical companies, that they were all working together to make as much money as they possibly can and ignoring public health questions. And everybody who was raising public health questions was then simultaneously deplatformed. So there were hundreds and hundreds of doctors and scientists and lawyers who were coming out and saying that the policies that we were following during that critical historical period were the wrong policy. So we believe, all of us in this country, that we live in a democracy and that the best arguments are the ones that control what we actually do. And what happened there was that the only arguments that were allowed to be made were the arguments that maximized return on investment for big pharmaceutical companies. So this book was 220,000 words with 2,194 citations. It had blurbs from doctors and scientists and lawyers, even a Nobel Prize scientist, you know, described this book and said that it was such a great thing at the time that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was coming out, setting the record straight and exposing all the lies that were controlling our policy. And notwithstanding all of that, it was censored in every conceivable way by the government and by the big corporations that were being controlled by government agencies and where we had government officials writing letters to senior people at big tech companies telling them to censor Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So, you know, that's the situation in, in which this book came out, and yet it still sold more than a million copies. And like I said before the show, I believe that it could have sold 10 million copies and that it could have changed U.S. policy and that it could have resulted in immediate investigations into the corruption of Dr. Anthony Fauci. But the censorship that he controlled wound up helping him protect his job. I, I'm not a scientist, not a doctor. Uh, I'm, I'm a researcher in the sense that I research all of my commentaries and stories as, as detailed as I can. And I remember back uh, in 2020 and 2021, writing commentaries that I was criticized for because I was suggesting that the science that was the protocol of the CDC and the FDA was it never followed. And this thing, normally to get approval of the FDA, you have to have so many people in a, in, a, in a test group. You have to test it for three years and publish your results. 
none of that happened. It just came out and it came out with immunity from suit. Why did RFK Jr. then decide to write the Fauci book? So he decided to write it. I mean, it was consistent with the 40 years of work that he's done beforehand which is that he's been fighting government corruption and corporate greed that were happening at the expense of public health and public welfare for you know, his entire professional career. And this was the logical sort of point where it all came together and he really saw what was happening and had to do something about it. And you know, when you judge whether somebody is being honest, whether somebody really has you know, moral character, moral courage, you have to look at what somebody has to gain from it and what they have. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had nothing to gain by publishing this other than the feeling in his heart that he was doing the right thing, that he was protecting people because he lost an incredible number of friendships, of job opportunities. Uh, his entire good name was destroyed, but he had to do it because he believed that it was the right thing to do. And you know that was in the face of such incredible propaganda and censorship that you could not get a reasonable view of what he really was saying or, or what he meant. But he did it anyway. And when you think of Dr. Fauci, you have to think of somebody who, in his own words, his favorite movie is The Godfather. And his favorite line in that movie is, it's not personal, it's just business. Here is a guy who's supposed to be protecting public health, who's hired and was the most highly paid public official in the United States when he uh, left at the end of last year. He was clearly in it for the money, in it for the increased power, in it for you know maximizing the return on investment for his partners and his friends. And Bobby Kennedy was in it, risking everything, giving away everything in order to help people. So if I could just, we got about two minutes before the first break. Um, just take one snippet of that and ask the question. The question is, you said he was in it, meaning Fauci was in it for the money. And I've heard numerous people allude to the fact that he, he made money off of this, yet I haven't seen any evidence. Is there evidence in the Fauci book by RFK Jr. that he, in fact, enriched himself? Well, since we've got about a minute left in this segment, I'll just point to one fact. That is like a lot of people who work in government, you have to look at what happens afterward. Fauci had been involved in some book projects and those book projects had not sold well at all. Not at all. Like the publishers had not made any money. And I've been in the publishing field for 30 years and I comprehend this. So what happened was just like Governor Cuomo, he got a $5 million deal to publish his memoir. And you have to ask yourself, why did he get that? Not about making money for the publishing company. So it must be about something else. He's been fairly quiet since he left. Is he sitting on a board somewhere, a couple of boards in the pharmaceutical industry? Do you know what he's doing? I don't really know what he's doing other than working on this book that he got paid $5 million to write. Wow. We're, uh, we're speaking with Tony Lyons, who is uh, a longtime publisher, and he's president and publisher of Skyhorse, who is the publisher for um, RFK, RFK, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s books and the most recent one on Dr. Fauci. And we're going to take a break and come back and have some more to talk about. So 
We'll be right back. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Welcome back. And we're talking to Tony Lyons, who is president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing and is the publisher for the 2024 presidential campaign of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Let me give you some numbers that I, I've gathered here. I'm putting them together, and, and most people do not... Uh, marry the two sets of numbers together. According to a, a poll, uh, an NBC poll, Joe Biden's approval rating is 36%. His disapproval rating is 55%. And 70% of the electorate don't want him to run for president. 53% of Democrats do not want him to run as president. Now, on the flip side of the coin, your candidate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., has an approval, recent approval rating of 21. So the spread between Kennedy, who's just started, and Biden, who's been at it for a lifetime, is 15%, 15 points. Now, I'm, I'm of a mind that, depending upon what happens this week at the southern border, if it's as, if it's as dangerous and as, as devastating as I think it can be, uh, Mr. Biden's approval ratings may drop below 30. And so what we have is a candidate who hasn't been on the uh, less than, what, six months an active candidate uh, for the nomination, already getting a 21% approval rating. Now, he's already got past what would be considered a third party level, and he's way ahead of other candidates in both parties who've been on the campaign trail and campaigning for some period of time. What is it? Is it the Kennedy name or is it is it uh, 
Bobby Jr.'s message that is appealing to voters? I think it's his message, but it's also his record. So he has this incredible record where he's been consistent for 40 years, suing the government, suing big corporations for corporate corruption, government corruption, incredible greed at the expense of the American people. So he's done that, like I said before, for no personal benefit. He's done it because he believes that that's the right thing to do. And he's been punished for that by being now for almost 18 years. He's been deplatformed. He's been vilified. He's had hit pieces in the New York Times. He's had his books censored, like I said before, in every conceivable way. So here is a candidate who is honest. So you get a candidate where you might not agree with everything that he says, but you can agree with his character, that he is an honest politician. And when is the last time we had a really honest and sincere politician or president in the United States? And we deserve that. And so for the Democratic Party to decide with an unpopular president who nobody really likes, he hasn't done the things he said he would do. He's lied, uh, made compound, you know, campaign promises that he did not live up to. And I believe that we have a right to a real debate between Bobby Kennedy and President Biden so that the American people can decide who would represent them better. Not the Bobby Kennedy that they've been fed, you know, not the censored and deplatformed and vilified pres uh, presidential candidate, but the real RFK Jr. And, you know, that's a different person. And the American people have a right to see the real candidates and to hear in their own words what they believe, not third party views of what they believe. So I think the Democratic Party is anti democratic and they have to get on board and allow the American people what they deserve in a democracy. So I've been talking recently on the air about a scenario that I've developed, which some people think I'm crazy, but that's nothing new. I've heard that many, many times about some of my ideas, but, but a lot of them turn out to be true. Uh, as I study what Mr. Kennedy's trying to do, I am reminded of Lyndon Johnson, who had the opportunity to run for a third term as president and chose ostensibly because of the Vietnam War uh, not to run and to uh, concentrate on trying to get peace and bring our soldiers home. I wonder if things go poorly on this week on the border and Mr. Biden's approval rating drops into the 20s, will the leadership of the of the the House and the Senate and the Democratic Party have to make the trip up to the White House and say, Mr. President, you can't run, you can't win, and it will be devastating for our party. And all of a sudden, the front runner is gone. And now we have the leading candidate is RFK Jr. What do you think about that scenario? So I think that the first point that you made is an excellent point, that maybe why LBJ left was that he realized that there was nothing more he could contribute to the American people. And I think Biden is at that point. He's had a long career. 
I'm not a big fan of his career and the things that he said during all those years, but he's at a point where I don't believe he's competent to serve. And so the honorable thing to do is to step down and allow somebody who has the energy and the mental acuity to lead this country, somebody who has a real border policy, not a policy based on just doing the opposite of his predecessor because he doesn't like him. That's not a policy, that's a region. That was disastrous. So, you know, my belief is that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has really strong policies. He has real policies willing to argue for, and he's willing to explain to the and a candidate like him who can do that. Yeah, I think that also part of the, the challenge for Lyndon Johnson, which may in fact be the same challenge for Joe Biden, Lyndon Johnson, his advisors told him there was no chance for him to win re-election. And I don't think he wanted to finish his, his political career with a loss. And I suspect maybe that same message may be going around in Joe Biden's head that if he stays on and he goes and he gets defeated, then he's going to, he's going to be defeated as a re-election for president and he'll, he'll, he'll never be able to run it again from that. So there's ego involved there. So um, why do you think the press and I'm setting aside the book at the moment. I'm just talking about what he's trying to do. Why do you think that the press, I saw the interview with uh, ABC and the, the uh, outrageous behavior of the, of the host uh, telling the audience that we had more, but we decided that wasn't, it wasn't true and we weren't going to air it. Uh, why were they so vicious against uh, RFK Jr.? So I think what it shows is that we don't have an independent press in this country. So we talk about how terrible Russia is and about how China is and about censorship there and about government control there. But what you saw ABC News do was they treated a presidential candidate in the way that they would have been treated in a fascist country. So they made statements about what he said before you know, they, they bookended it uh, with statements claiming that he was misrepresenting facts, that he was uh, uh, telling people information that amounted to misinformation or disinformation, and they didn't give him the opportunity to respond. So that isn't news anymore. You know, that is, that is a political point of view that they are trying to control a particular message trying to change what he means, cut out sections that they disagree with. So that whole system is the press being controlled by the big corporations who advertise with them, mostly pharmaceutical companies, and the government agencies that are supposed to be regulating those uh, big pharmaceutical companies. So what you have is a situation where you, you can't even advertise for a book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., on ABC News or in the New York Times, but the pharmaceutical companies, and there are only two countries on the planet where this is true, uh, Australia and the United States, they can advertise for pharmaceutical products anywhere. But if you have ideas 
that the government disagrees with or that big corporate America disagrees with. You can't advertise anywhere. So that's where we are now. And, and we have to fight that. And like I said, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. believes in freedom of speech, believes in people making better arguments, believes in um, getting rid of this system of, you know, getting into the you know, wars all around the country that we should not be involved with, that we probably can't win, that we haven't been winning. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, border policies that are reactive, that aren't well thought through, um, all of those kinds of things are things that I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. could do much better than Biden could, and much better than any president in recent years. So if you look at the the way Mr. Kennedy was treated on ABC News in the interview, and then you go to the CNN interview in the town meeting with Donald Trump and the demeanor and the attack method of the, the reporter from CNN, great similarity between the two. So they went after the Democrat and the Republican. Are, they, are we being told flat out Joe Biden is the only person that the, the Democratic media can support, period? I think that's exactly what we're being told. And once again, we live in a democracy and we should have the opportunity to hear all the major players, all the major candidates, and then make a decision for ourselves without being steered towards a particular outcome. So whether it's the Democratic Party doing it and not allowing any internal debate whatsoever, or the media, which is sort of the fourth branch, doing the exact same thing, where they're steering us towards a particular outcome. And the amazing thing is that Donald Trump is willing to come out and say what he believes forcefully and openly and clearly. And Robert F. Kennedy does the same thing. He tells you what he believes. He explains it. He gives his rationale. He cites his data uh, really, really clearly. Where then is Joe Biden? Where is the president of the United States? He doesn't have to say anything. He's incapable of saying anything. He's incapable of clearly telling the American people what he believes, even outside of a debate. So you don't see him on a town hall. You don't see him on ABC News. You don't see him on podcasts like you see both Trump and Kennedy. He's hiding because the only way he can win, and the Democratic Party knows that, the only way he can win is if he does not talk to the American people, does not debate, does not address any of the claims made by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or any of the claims made by Donald Trump. We have been speaking uh, with Tony Lyons, the president and publisher of Skyhorse, who's also the publisher for Robert F. Kennedy books. Where can uh, people get Mr. Kennedy's books? Yeah, so the best place to go is uh, skyhorsepublishing.com. And, and then that will lead you to various other retailers that carry his book. Super. Thank you so much for your insight and your joining us today. And we'd like to have you back and continue the story. That would be great. Anytime.
Thank you so much. And we'll be right back. Democrats hate Americans so much. When Hillary was running for president, she said half of Donald Trump's supporters were, quote, a basket of deplorables. Recently, Joe Biden, at a speech in Philadelphia, told America that half of us are semi-fascist terrorists. Under the First Amendment of the Constitution, we have the right to express our opinions. And if we disagree with the left, they don't have the right to take away our freedom of speech. Clearly, the statement by Hillary and Biden are designed to silence the conservatives in America. Many Americans find it easier to go along with the left and give up their right to disagree. What would America look like today if our founding fathers would have given in to the king and not fought for their freedom? Today, we must fight to take America back. Join the new generation of patriots who believe in the Constitution. Join the new revolution in America. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com That's bwradionetwork.com and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.